Hi friends, happy new year. It is great to see you for the first Sunday of 2021. My name is Dave and today we are continuing in our expectant series. And I know that some of you are thinking, why are we still in our Christmas series? Doesn't Pastor Dave know that it's the new year and that we're all trying to put 2020 as far behind us as we possibly can? Well, I do. And yet, when I read the Christmas story this year, one of the things I was reminded of is that the story actually extends and goes beyond Jesus' birth. Last week, Pastor Nick talked about and looked at the Magi and their story of visiting Jesus after he's born. And this week, I want to continue that story and look at the next passage in the Gospel of Matthew and talk a little bit more about what it looks like to live the expectant life following Jesus into the new year. The title of my sermon this week is Two People, Two Places, and One Sovereign God. And so here we go, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to start today in verse 13. When they had gone, when the Magi had gone, when the Magi had come to visit Jesus and then left, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he, that's Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard calling in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. All right, as we dive in today, like I said, we're looking at two people, two places, one sovereign God. And the first person I want to talk about, the first character, is this evil guy in the story, the bad guy. His name is Herod. Herod the Great was his most popular title, and Herod's story is interesting and important because it overlaps and is part of the Christmas story. Herod's story begins, in a sense, in 40 BC, 40 years before the birth of Jesus, when the Persian Empire attacked the Roman Empire and took control of the nation of Israel. Now, in that moment, Herod goes to Rome and he's standing before the Roman Senate and he convinces them that if they give him an army, if they support him, he could not only regain control of Israel, but he could also maintain stability in the region if only they would support him. And this was a big deal to the Romans. And so they were highly motivated and they agree. They back Herod and his play. And then after three years of battling the Persians... Herod wins. He defeats them. 37 BC, and Herod officially now rules in Israel, and the Roman Senate gives him a new title, the King of the Jews. And now all he has to do is maintain stability in the region. So now 
we fast forward, right, from that big moment where Herod takes control, 37 BC, fast forward to the Christmas story, to the birth of Jesus, because we read this story and we think, why is Herod so paranoid about this little baby who's born in Bethlehem in a stable, in a barn, to, to peasant parents placed in a feeding trough? Why is he so worried about him? Why does he go to all this effort to hunt him down and kill him? Why is he murdering, the scriptures say, all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under? Seems pretty extreme. Friends, here's why. Magi from the east, these Persian priests who were known to be king anointers, to be the persons who anointed the next kings, they come rolling into town, and this is what they say. This is actually back in last week's passage. This is verses one and two. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Did you hear that? King of the Jews. Now, maybe you're thinking, wait a minute, Herod was, wait a minute, because that's his title. Herod was king of the Jews. And now the Persians, who Herod has already had to fight once for three long years, have come to town and they say, this new child, this baby born in Bethlehem, he's the king of the Jews. And Herod says, no way. Herod's response in our passage today is the response of a man whose power and privilege and control are being threatened by Jesus. And here's the first thing we learn about the expectant life, about a life following Jesus. It's a life about surrender. It's about surrendering to Jesus as king. If he's king, friends, that means I can't be king. If he's king, he gets to call the shots in my life, not me. And Jesus comes to be the king of Herod, and he comes to be the king of you, and he comes to be the king of me. And friends, this passage is a reminder of the most basic and fundamental Christian confession what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christian? It can be summed up most simply in these three words. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. In other words, Jesus comes to rule and reign everything and everyone in this world. Jesus comes to rule and reign every single part of you and every single part of me, every single part of our lives. He wants to be in control of it. He wants to be Lord of it all. Every decision, every dollar, every possession, every ability, every relationship, every thought, every activity you engage in, Jesus wants to be king. And because as king... As king of your life, he will lead you into the abundant life that you were created for. He wants to be king of you for your best interest. But you must surrender. You must surrender to Jesus as Lord. Friends, as we launch into 2021, and as we think about our lives and make resolutions about how we want things to be different this year, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. Where in your life, what in your life needs to be surrendered to Jesus as Lord? 
Because the first thing we learn from Herod today is that the expectant life begins with surrender. All right, next I want to talk about Egypt. We're told in this story that Joseph is warned in a dream to flee from Herod and to escape with his family to Egypt. And when we think about Egypt in the Bible, we think of the most famous story about Egypt, don't we? We think of the Jews living there as slaves who are finally delivered from that terrible place by God through Moses. So Egypt in our minds is enemy territory. It's not a safe place. But that was then, that was, that was 15 centuries ago. Now, at the time of Jesus' birth, Egypt has actually become a place of peace and escape for the Jews, specifically Jews who were, who were fleeing from Roman persecution. It was sort of a place of asylum for them. And history tells us that there were actually over a million Jews living in Egypt at this time. And Mary and Joseph were part of that group. They go to Egypt for refuge, for security, for protection, and for peace. Friends, this is amazing when you think about it. Because do you know, do you realize that almost instantly after coming into this world, our God had to flee for his life and become a refugee in a foreign land? That's what happened. And friends, this is one of many, many reasons, biblically, that we as a church have a home on our property where we provide a safe place of peace and safety for refugees who are coming into this country. Because our God, our King, our Lord, started his life on the run, far away from home, searching for a place of safety. And that's our second word for today, friends. Safety. Living the expectant life, following Jesus in this world, means that because Jesus is our refuge, means that because Jesus has provided ultimate and eternal safety for you and me, we are called to be people of safety for the persecuted, hurting, helpless, and homeless people of our world. We're supposed to be to them in the same way that Jesus is to us. And so let me ask you, Where in 2021 is God calling you to be a person of safety, a refuge for someone else who's in need? Some of you, many of you are doing this. Some of you are doing this through the ministries of our church, and I love that. But if you're not, if you can't think of a person or a place where you are being a being a safe refuge for others, let me challenge you to do this. Just pray. Pray, God, help me see this year the person or place in this world where you want me to be a person of safety for another. Would you pray that prayer in 2021? Because Egypt was a refuge. Egypt was a place of safety, and we are called to be as well. And now we pick up the story in verse 19. After Herod died, Joseph, Mary, Jesus, they flee to Egypt. They're there for a while. And then it says this. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he, that's Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. 
But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. So let me just rewind and give you the, the situation. Herod, the guy who was trying to kill Jesus when he was a baby before, he's now dead. But his, as Joseph is taking his family back home, as he's on his way back to Israel, back to Bethlehem, he gets some alarming news. He gets the news that Archelaus is now reigning in Judea. And who is Archelaus? Archelaus is Herod's son. And unfortunately, Archelaus was just as easy, or not as easy, he was as evil as his father. In fact, Archelaus began his reign in Judea. He started off ruling by doing this executing 3,000 of the most influential men in the country. Most of them were religious leaders. And this was simply Archelaus's way of saying, my dad had control of this region and I will too. Just because he's gone, Jews, don't get any crazy ideas thinking that you're running the show because you're not. I'm running the show. Friends, if Archelaus had a theme song, it might be, you ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Now, that's the only time I'll sing in this sermon, so don't tune us out. I'm so sorry. But Archelaus is saying, if you thought my, my father was tough, if you thought he was mean, if you thought he was going to rule with an iron fist, think again, because I am going to be worse than him. So again, Mary and Joseph... They're in Egypt. They're refugees. They're away from family and from home. They're waiting for Herod to die. And they finally get the news. Herod's dead. We can go home again. And then they're on their way, on their way home. So excited. The the long, hard journey of being refugees is over. And then they get this news. Archelaus is ruling. And he is even worse. And their hearts sink. Friends, let me ask you have, you, have you ever been in that place? Ever been just getting through a really hard time when all of a sudden you find out that just when you thought it was going to get better, it's not? Ever felt like you just wanted to turn your eyes to heaven and say, more God, more struggle, more difficulty? Really? Wasn't the slaughter, I imagine Joseph and Mary, wasn't the slaughter of innocent babies enough? Wasn't fleeing for our lives to Egypt enough? Maybe you've asked a similar question. Wasn't the doctor's report the first time enough? Wasn't the job trouble, the kid trouble, the marriage trouble the first time enough? God, I can't handle it again. I can't handle anymore. Friends, The expectant life, a life following Jesus, is a life where he will lead us through struggle. That's our next S word, struggle. It's a life where Jesus and God will lead us through struggle. You see, there's a saying in the Christian world that's often bantered about. You've heard it before. You can finish it for me. God won't give you more than you can handle. Friends, we often say this when we face difficult times, when we face Archelaus moments in our lives. And I have to tell you this, God won't give you more than you can handle. That is not true. 
I wish it were, were true, but it is not true. It's not what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, when there is more struggle, when there is more adversity, when there is more hurt and pain and difficulty in your life than you feel like you can take, God says, I will be your strength. I will be your support. I will provide a way out and walk with you through this thing that you cannot handle on your own. I won't give you more than you can handle, but I won't give you more than you can handle with me. That's what our Lord says. See, here's the truth. God uses Archelaus moments in our lives to teach us to follow him, to, to teach us to rely on him and not to do life in our own strength. Friends, as we move into 2021, please, please know this. Every difficult disappointment, every pain, every problem that you face in this coming year is an opportunity for you to rely on and trust in your God. That's exactly what Mary and Joseph do. Right in the face of even more struggle, they follow God and they move off of their plan and they follow God's plan. Verse 22. But when Joseph heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He, that's Jesus, will be called a Nazarene. He will be called a Nazarene. Friends, you must understand that to be from Nazareth was not something that people bragged about. This is not a compliment. This is not a term of respect or honor. Actually, it was comparable to being called a country bumpkin or a hick. Tim Keller says, Nazareth was perhaps the most backwoods, the most backwater, the most nowheresville place of all. You'll remember that later in Jesus' life, after he'd launched out into his ministry, he's north, he's in Galilee, and then all of a sudden, people start to understand who he is. And Philip, um, this young man who, who, who encounters Jesus, he goes running to his friend. His friend's name is Nathaniel, and he says, Nathaniel, we found the Messiah, the one that God has promised us for so long. He's here. He's from Nazareth. And you remember what Nathaniel says in response. He says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? You see, in the ancient world, where you were from was a really big deal because important people came from important places. And yet, and yet, friends, when the God of the universe, listen to this, when the God of the universe came to earth, he chose to be from the most insignificant place he could find. Jesus of Nazareth. Friends, our fourth S word today is status. Status. Jesus did not come to seek earthly or worldly status, and so neither should we. In fact, the expectant life, a life following Jesus, is a life where our status is so secure and so defined by being sons and daughters of the king that the value of worldly status pales in comparison. Do you know what this means? 
Do you understand the implications of this truth? This means that we, you and me, are free from the pressure to prove our value and significance in this world by being smart enough, successful enough, pretty enough, popular enough, religious enough. Maybe this year, friends, you've got a list of goals or resolutions, and that is totally okay. It is okay to want to eat healthier, exercise more, lose some weight, spend less, drink less, skip church less. Those are all good things. I affirm them, especially the last one. But but the God who created and loves you does not measure status the way this world does. So hear me. If you are one of his, be freed. Be freed from doing and accomplishing accomplishing things so that you can be somebody. God isn't after somebody's. God wants anybody's. He does not care about your worldly status. Those are not his priorities. Jesus was from Nazareth. So we have surrender. We have safety. We have struggle and we have status. But before we go, I want to offer you one final S word today that I believe is perhaps the most important. And it's the S word that undergirds them all. One thing you'll notice if you read again through this passage, this passage that we read through today, is that three times in it, three times throughout this this narrative, something happens Unexpected events take place. And then we're told that because of these these crazy, unexpected twists in the plot and, and turn of events, that God's words, that God's plans outlined in the scriptures in the Old Testament are fulfilled. The word is fulfilled. It means that these words are accomplished, that God's plans are realized. And one thing for us to just stop and pause and remember is this. Matthew writes his gospel. He's writing this story of Jesus in the latter half of the very first century during a time when Christians around the world were being severely persecuted. It was not an easy time to be a follower of Jesus when Matthew writes his gospel. And so what Matthew is saying as he tells this story, what he's saying to his readers, what he's saying to you and me is this. No matter what's happening around you, no matter how hard and crazy and bad things look, never forget that our God is sovereign. Sovereign. That's our final S word today. Our God is sovereign. He's got a plan. He knows what will happen And he's going to use everything and everyone that happens in this world. He'll use Egypt. He'll use Nazareth. He'll use Joseph. He'll use angels. He'll use Archelaus. He'll even use Herod the Great because our God is always in control. None of us, friends, none of us knows what's coming in 2021. We've all been saying, and we're certainly hoping that it's going to be a much, much better year than 2020. But here's the truth. We don't know. We don't know what's ahead. But friends, here is what we do know. Come what may, 
we can walk forward into the future with confidence because Jesus Christ, our sovereign king, is seated on his throne and he holds this whole world and my life and your life in the palm of his hands. And so whatever 2021 brings, God's plans will be accomplished in this world. God's plans will be accomplished in this world because our God is sovereign. So happy new year, friends. Can't wait to see what God does in you and in me and in us in the days and weeks and months ahead.